it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Yeah, if we if we stay within the confines of what the culture is telling us to do, um, yeah, we're not going to get where we need to go. <laughs> Science doesn't change when we learn new things. Science changes when the people who believe the old stuff die. Based on my research, I believe we're in the middle of a paradigm shift out of a model that looks at biology as a biochemical, as purely biochemical, into a model that looks at biology as quantum biologic. You are listening to The Ultimate Biohack for Women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. First know that you're a strong and amazing woman. I, I want you to know that I get very deeply how cha challenging it is to regain control of our health, our eating, and our relationship with food. In my journey to overcoming disordered eating and obesity and a host of other things, addressing the subconscious programming is essential to healing. I can't tell you, countless times I started a new program to find myself three to five days later, I had completely forgotten about it. Or I'd try a different program to find that the ones that seemed to work for everyone else had the opposite effect on me. I'd get fatter and find myself in a deeper, darker black hole, wondering if I was gonna be able to dig myself out this time. It's a very stressful and a very scary place to be. And I am grateful to say I no longer live here. I help my patients every day remove the subconscious interference that keeps them stuck in patterns so that they can change their habits with grace, with ease, and they can move into a new experience in their physical body and in their relationship with food. We have to understand that the subconscious runs all the automatic functions of our body. Our breath work, our heart rate, our blood pressure, our digestion, our metabolism, often our mood, our nervous system, and our habits. So if you have habits that seem to be on automatic pilot and you're having trouble getting control of them, the subconscious is something you might want to address. The programming that's in the automatic function, in the background, running the storyline, can be changed. I'm living proof and my patients change every single day. I see miracles every single day. So if you feel like you're ready to in investigate, just investigate, if you have some curiosity about what's stuck in my automatic pilot functions, what's causing me to stay in unable to move past these challenges with relationship to food, challenges with doing what I'm going to say for myself, challenges with my self-care, then give us a call. I want to offer you something special. I want to offer you a complimentary consultation. So my consultations I usually charge $97 for, but I want you to have the ability to at least find out if there's another way. There might be a better way for you, and I don't want anything to stop you. Click the link below and get yourself registered for a complimentary consultation. I do these virtually, and I do these in person, 
So I will put both links below. If you're in the Boulder area, I am here for you. And if you're somewhere else, I am still here for you. So let's not let you live in a state of darkness, fear, and decline. Let's turn your life around and let's make it the easiest possible. So you're not fighting against yourself, but rather working as a team with yourself to achieve the goals that you know you're able to do. All right. I can't wait to see you. All right. Welcome, ladies. Welcome back to the Ultimate Biohack for Women. This is Dr. Brandy Victory, your hostess, and I am thrilled to bring you a wonderful woman. Her name is Meredith Oak. She's the co-founder of Quantum Health TV. So if you've been with our show at any time, amount of time whatsoever, you know this is right up by Allie. <laughs> it's the world's first video streaming channel focused on decentralizing health education, where medical experts break down the emerging science of circadian health, in quantum biology. And I'm sure she's gonna break all of this down for you so you know exactly what we're talking about here. As an ICF accredited executive coach, Meredith has lived and worked on three continents, helping clients from all over the world to improve their lives by changing their beliefs and habits. She began her career working in media, covering entertainment and interviewing movie stars before she shifted into communications and coaching. Now through Quantum Health TV, she is helping people suffering from chronic illness by providing accessible information that is years ahead of what most doctors and naturopaths are currently practicing. Meredith is married and th with ch three children and a proud global nomad. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Victory. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My great pleasure. I'm really excited to know what this is all about. I mean, I myself am a quantum functional health practitioner. And I think it, it, it somehow we have this same vibrational frequency that we're doing here and I haven't met you yet. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you're up to, how you came to this quantum health business and yeah, what's your, what's, what's your, where are you doing? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> so I came to it, you know, through a, through a back door, uh, as a lot of people do, because I was sick and I couldn't, mm. I couldn't feel better. Um, I wasn't sick enough that mainstream medicine would pay any attention. I was one of those like, oh, your labs are normal. You're fine. Right. And I was like, but I'm not fine. Like my quality of life is terrible and I'm exhausted all the time, no matter how much sleep I get, no matter how well I eat, no matter what I do, I can't seem to get on, you know, to get out from under this like crushing fatigue. Um, so I went, you know, I did acupuncture. I did, um, you know, I did a lot of, uh, supplementation and food, um, you know, different regimens of, of food, a lot of, um, you know, getting rid of obviously the bad stuff and carbs and things like that. And, and it helped a little, but like, there was just, it was like, I was like a little better, but not much. And I just kept thinking, you know, there has to be something I'm missing. And what it, you know, the information that was like, most obviously in front of me was always about food, food, food. And I don't really like cooking. I'm a bit ADHD. So I don't like thinking about portions and measuring things and how much of this and that did I eat at all. So I'm like, if I have to like micromanage my food for the rest of my life, I might die. <laughs> like, that might be worse than me. <laughs> there has to be something else to do. Um, so I just got like really quiet and I sat in my kitchen and I was like, okay, like I listen to so many podcasts. I read so many things. I'm open to so much weirdness and all the things like I'm, there must be a clue somewhere in my consciousness that I can follow to like move me forward. Cause I feel stuck and tired. 
Um, and I flashed to an interview that I had watched um, with a doctor called Dr. Jack Cruz. And he yeah. talked a lot about light and sunlight. And I thought, I didn't really take that too seriously at the time, a little bit, but not, so I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to that. I haven't really looked at light. Um, and oh my goodness, I went down a rabbit hole of, uh, you know, light and how it affects everything from our moods to our digestion, to our weight, to our energy levels, to our ability to focus, like every chronic disease can be traced back to a, a, a toxic light environment. And I had no idea. And I was doing so many terrible things. <laughs> so the good news was I got better. I was able to make progress, but that started me on the path. And then it was just so difficult to find accessible information, right? Like I'm not a science person. I'm an English major and a coach. So I, um, you know, really struggled and my husband helped, you know, we would like pour over all of these scientific papers and blog posts and being like, what are, what are the people saying? Um, and we kept waiting for someone to make this information more accessible and it just, you know, continued to not happen. So we created a platform where I interview people and pull together the research. We're going to be doing a, a virtual summit uh, in, later in June where we just explain it to people in a way that they can understand. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I've had actually I've had Jack Cruz on the podcast and I've had multiple people ask me, because I, I question people, you know, what do you think about that podcast? And yeah, people have commonly said, I wish you would take it and just break it down and summarize it because it was like way over my head. So I love that you're putting that together for people because even in this That's, moment, yeah. after saying what you said, I'm sure there's people thinking, what do you mean light is bad? What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, that was exactly it. I uh, we spent a lot a lot of time listening to different podcasts that he's done and interviews, and, and I interviewed him myself. I probably have like ten hours logged interviewing him, uh, and then we were like, okay, now how do we take this information and make it so like a regular person could understand, or even just a doctor who hasn't studied quantum physics, right? Like there, it's, um, it can be, it can, you know, it can be very complex, but the actual actions to take are very simple and the science can, can be explained in a simple way. Yeah. 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 I love it. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and, and was it more than light that helped you get well? Because I heard that that definitely, you know, changed your trajectory. But is was there anything else? Um, so once once I started to get into light, um, uh, that made the. I mean, honestly, that made the biggest difference. Okay. Um, and then there was like the final pieces. Um, I did go back a little bit to food and some very like regimented supplementation um, th through doing like lab tests and things like that. So I'm not on anything all the time, right? It was like a very much, it was a very um, focused uh, regimen of supplements that I then finished once I, you know, once it was complete. So now I don't, I don't take too many supplements. Um, and it's, yeah, I would say mostly, for me, you know, for if someone's light environment is already pretty good, their, their missing piece might be something else. But for me, it, it was really that. And can you maybe go into what a proper light environment might be so people will know what to look for? Sure. So uh, a proper light environment is, is a light environment that is in 
rhythm with the natural light that's happening outside so that our circadian biology is controlled by light. Uh, and actually all of our cells are controlled by light and all of our mitochondria are controlled by light. Um, and there's a lot of research. There's a, uh, a researcher out of Philadelphia Children's Hospital called Dr. Doug Wallace. Um, and he kind of flipped the, uh, the paradigm a little bit in terms of, of where disease comes from. Because uh, traditionally people had always thought of it as a purely genetic situation, but he has proven that actually most disease with a few rare, a few exceptions, but most diseases are in fact mitochondrial, um, which means that our environment is really plays a big role in whether the gene that makes us sick gets turned on or off or whether the inflammation in our cells builds up and makes us sick. So mitochondria are controlled by light and light. <clears throat> and so our light needs to reflect what's happening outside. So for example, if we wake up uh, around sunrise and go outside during the sunlight time, like, you know, within like say half an hour of the sun coming up over the horizon or the sky lightning, if you can't see the horizon wherever you live, the frequencies of the light at that time, basically turn everything on. So it, it's, and it starts our melatonin production, which is what we will then later use up when we go to sleep. But we don't have the melatonin to sleep well if we're not outside in the morning. So that's just like one example of, if you wanna like to have a good night's sleep, it actually starts from the minute you wake up. So if we wake up in the morning and the first thing we look at is our phone, or a laptop, um, we're sending the wrong signal to our body and we're not turning on all of those hormones and all of the many, many, many different mechanisms that are preparing our body to be productive all day and have a restful sleep at night. And then at night, you wanna have the environment completely dark from sunset on or just lit very softly with candles or red light or incandescent lights. Um, because again, if you have that bright light from a screen or from an LED light bulb, um, it's telling your body that it's daytime and the melatonin is suppressed. So you won't be able to sleep or you fall asleep and you wake up or you fall asleep and stay asleep but you wake up in the morning and feel like crap and feel like you haven't slept even though you've been in bed for 10 hours, which was my situation. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because your body's not doing what it's supposed to be doing while you're, uh, it's not restorative sleep because you don't have, you don't have all of the um, mechanisms at play to sleep properly because you've messed up the sequence of events with the lighting. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, and you know, I, I honestly don't think people really know how potent the technology is. Like we're just conditioned to use it all the time. My boyfriend and I were watching this show yesterday. It was called Samadhi. Have you seen that? Mm -mm. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, it's on Gaia TV, but it's on YouTube too. Samadhi, it's okay. so good. It's I a three Gaia. I can watch it there, yeah. Really good. Um, but, but one of the things is they showed is this little girl laying in bed. It's dark in her room, but her face is lit up blue because she's on her on her iPad or whatever, right? And, and I just turned around. I was like, I wonder what percentage of the population is doing that right now he's like most i'm like yeah you're right and it, and it it does have a huge impact on our physiology and and ladies if you've just heard what Meredith said 
it's she's talking about like the morning light influencing strongly how you sleep, influencing strongly the hormonal system, melatonin being a hormone. And so, you know, people reach out to me all the time. Like I need help with my hormones, but honestly, like the very first thing you can do for yourself is go outside first thing in the morning yes. and do not get on your phone or your technology until later and then get off of it a few hours before bed. So you're not getting this disruption in your hormonal system. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, and that's why it's like the, the science is complex, but the, the bottom line is super simple, right? Like if, if we went outside first thing in the morning um, and dimmed our lights and turned off our screens from sunset on, like that in itself, I would say, try that for three days. In within a couple of days, I people find they're like, oh my goodness, it is, it is a huge game changer, right? And it's like, like going on a, on your laptop or an iPad after sunset without any, you know, if you wear blue blockers or something, that might, that's okay. But like without any kind of mitigation, I mean, it's like eating. You may as well like eat a hot fudge sundae and have a cappuccino and then try to go to sleep, right? Like yes. it's, it's, it's that bad. Like people are like, oh, well, whatever, you know, it's like, it's that bad. <laughs> that bad. And one way you know this to be true is the, if you step back, I just feel like this and anybody I've given this to, there's re- a lot of resistance to turning our technology off or not being on it or taking a media fast. There's a lot of resistance to it. That's how you know it's bad because you are addicted. <laughs> You are addicted. Yeah. And I love that you call it the new sugar. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. And it's like, you know, blue light is the new sugar in a lot of ways because it's, it's not just a metaphor, like having a toxic light environment will actually raise your blood sugar levels. I was, you know, there's a doctor that I interviewed, um, Dr. Jacob Montgomery. He's a He's an eye surgeon. He got really, really sick. He had migraines. He had like advanced Meniere's. He was at the point where he was, you know, he was used to being a surgeon. He did CrossFit all the time. He had a low carb diet. He was healthy. He operates on people for a living, like very, you know, he had all the pieces in place um, and his health was falling apart. Like he literally was at the point where he could barely walk across the room. He was talking to um, you know, he was looking into getting disability insurance because he, he was in his mid thirties, like the, you know, prime of his yeah. career. Um, and he was on seven different prescriptions. Um, and the, you know, the traditional medical system was like, we don't, <laughs> we don't know what's going on here, but we might just like need to operate on your brain. And he was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. So he went off down this path. He found the work of Dr. Jack Cruz. He's like, that can't be true. Like I'm a traditionally classically trained ophthalmologist surgeon, like this can't be real. But he had, you know, like all of us who like you're up against a wall, you've no choices. He looked into it um, and he started implementing these protocols and um, he got better. Right. Like, and that is, it, it was absolutely the light, right? Like that's absolutely what it was. And because of the way that his, um, you know, the, they do the surgeries, they spend a lot of time like looking into uh, microscopes with bright light shining directly into the eyeball. And then all of the, all of his patient records, they switched from paper, paper to screens. So all of a sudden, like he, he was like 
blasting his retina with all of this toxic light. Um, yeah, he nearly like he was nearly like hundred percent out of commission. Um, and he tested his blood sugar levels. They were through the roof and he was a CrossFit low carb guy. And it was purely all of the, you know, the, the blood sugar level was from the toxic light environment that he was putting himself in every single day. No. Wow. That's he ate okay. like grams of carbs a day. That is so crazy. Like, let's wrap our head around that for one second. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not going to eat honey in my coffee today because I want my blood, but yet I'm in my, my face is in my computer all day. Yeah. I might as well be eating the honey. Yeah. Wow. Which is the other beautiful thing about this is like, if you get your light really dialed in, you actually, I'm like much more relaxed about my food now. Oh, that's good to hear. I love <laughs> right? that. Like, what a great, there's I so that. many, like we're so, if our light is bad, we're so close to the line and it's so easy to be tipped out of balance that you have to be super hyper conscious about everything. Whereas if you spend a lot of time outside and like manage your light put a blue blocker thing on your computer. Like, yeah, you have a lot more flexibility. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. For that. That's, that's awesome. So will you, so we know that there's a lot of misinformation out there and what we're talking about is pretty radical, you know, and, and there's, there's just conspiracy theorists and things like that. And this, you know, I could see how somebody in mainstream might be going, yeah, right. So what we're talking about right now, could you talk a little bit about how to avoid that and why radical personal responsibility and research are key ingredients to being healthy? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I have noticed that because this research is so cutting edge, it often, you know, sometimes tips over into conspiracy theory and, um, what I find kind of problematic about that is that most conspiracy theories are kind of rooted in this idea that there's some uh, external force doing something to us on purpose. Um, and I think that that kind of dilutes our ability to take personal responsibility, which is really the only way we can be healthy. I mean, from, you know, beyond light with whatever it is, like the way our modern environment is constructed. I think maybe there was a time before LED light bulbs and screens and things that maybe there was a time where you could kind of not pay too much attention to your health and, and make it through to old age without a huge problem. I, I don't think that's true anymore. I think that, that it is imperative to manage our health the way we manage our money. Like we cannot leave it, just leave it out there. And so when we go down these conspiracy theory rabbit holes, I feel like it's, I have noticed that it can be disempowering because we are yeah. uh, externalizing the, the locus of control onto some other shadowy, mysterious thing that we can't really do anything about. I understand why people go there because when you do start to realize that like basically all of modern life is bad for you, <laughs> it does start to feel like, are you sure this wasn't done on purpose? <laughs> yeah. Was it done on purpose? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, but I also, to a certain extent, don't care. I'm like, what do I need to do? Um, and what do I need to learn to be able to be healthy? And so the, the beautiful thing about quantum biology is that all of the recommendations are very simple, basic things that have no downside, right? Like there's no side effects to spending more time outside and 
drinking good water and standing barefoot in the grass and getting a little bit of a suntan, not a sunburn, a suntan, right? Like there's no downside to these things. So we have full autonomy to just play with them and see how we feel. And there is a ton of published research that supports all of this. It's just not in the mainstream yet because institutional medicine and institutional teaching and even like a naturopathic college, right? Like it takes a long time for, a, for new information to get into the system. So we're working outside of the system. So we have to do enough research that we can trust that, you know, what we're, what we're seeing and working on is valid um, and be able to apply it to ourselves uh, without worrying that, you know, that we're going down some, some crazy rabbit hole. So I find it really important to find people that I trust because I'm not a science person. So I do, I have like interviewed many, many people who are really smart and have reviewed the science and tested the science on themselves and on their patients. Um, and the results speak for themselves. Like the, the idea that light affects health is at this point inarguable. There's Nobel prizes on it. There's all kinds of things. Yeah, and thank goodness for our technology. You know, I don't, I, I never believe that the, that the impetus for things are, is is naturally bad in nature. Like, I just think that there's side effects that you know cause us to have to re have to adjust how we live our lifestyle if we want to be healthy. You know, when my when my grandparents were alive, they they didn't have organic food, they didn't have technology, and they could trust their doctor and yeah. system to, to, to support their health in the way that it needs to be supported. Um, because a doctor wouldn't get in trouble for recommending things like barley water. Right. Uh, now if the doctors aren't prescribing, they get in trouble. So, you know, it's a different world it's a different system that we're living in. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a bit unfortunate, but it also brings a lot of, a lot of opportunity and, 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 uh, Thing, access to things that were un, would be normally inaccessible if we didn't have technology because so yeah. many people can just put it out there what they're doing and what they're studying now I would not ever say that every path is going to be good you know because people are it's all experiment it's all like science project right but you know I, I always say that it's our right and our responsibility to have our own power and to claim our own healing potential because if we're not doing it, number one, nobody else is. Number two, we're not being a good role model for our families or communities. And number three, if we don't own that as our right and our responsibility, then then we're not living a purpose-driven life here because that's that health is the number one thing. There's a gentleman named Jay Krishnamurti, and I just heard this on this uh, Samadhi movie, actually. He says, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Oh, oh I like I have to capture good. this. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, I love I you know, I love that you have your podcast and you do your work in the world because yeah, if we if we stay within the confines of what the culture is telling us to do, um, yeah, we're not going to get where we need to go. <laughs> no, you're not. Things are happening way too fast. Could you maybe explain just a little bit of, from your perspective, quantum biology? Yes. So um, 
So there's the idea that there's a phrase that um, a physicist called, I believe it was Max Planck said, and he said, um, science changes one funeral at a time, meaning, you know, and his point was science doesn't change when we learn new things. Science changes when the people who believe the old stuff die. (laughs) Oh, that makes (laughs) sense. And a a new consensus can be reached amongst people who hadn't built their careers and their identity around an old paradigm. So based on my research, I believe we're in the middle of a paradigm shift out of a model that looks at biology as a biochemical, as purely biochemical into a model that looks at biology as quantum biologic. And those two, the way science works, those two fields never crossed over. There was biology and there was physics. There was biology, biochemistry, and quantum physics, and they never you know, everything is so siloed that they never intersected. And there were a couple of guys, I think that, I don't know how they met at, a, I think it was at a conference or something, um, really well-respected academics. And one was a biologist and one was a quantum physicist. And they were just like, what if we got together to see if each other's disciplines could solve problems that we can't solve on our own? And so they did. And they're, Their uh, work has nothing to do, there are no, they have a beautiful book called The Coming Age of Quantum Biology. It has nothing to do with human health. There are no like practical health applications, but what they showed and they studied mostly birds, they they basically proved that birds use quantum mechanisms to migrate Mm. based on the earth's magnetic field. And the big kind of takeaway from that is that up to that point, the scientific consensus was that there's no way that quantum mechanical processes happen in living organisms. That That's not how it works. They're separate. <laughs> um, and these guys have came out with all of this evidence that actually there are quantum mechanical processes happening. And their book, I think, was published around 2011. And since then, there's just been more and more evidence that that's true. Even Scientific American, the the front page of it, um, the front cover of that just last month was like, quantum mechanics and living organisms. Oh, my God. So once you can, once you accept that idea, that pretty radical paradigm shift, if you're, you know, into the, into the traditional ways of thinking, this is a really radical concept. But once you accept that, um, health takes on, you know, human biology takes on a whole new meaning. It's like, of course our light environment is interacting with every, every part of our body all of the time. And then you go to sound healing and then you go to yeah. emotion, you know, and all of the stuff that, we, you know, that we love that everyone was like, that's woo woo weirdness. You know, once you're in a quantum biologic model, all of these things make sense scientifically. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and if we even look at it from the perspective of like creation, like there's this thing, this concept of oneness consciousness and, and that we embody all of the things, right? Like we are that and I am that and you are me and I am you and if we're all one because we're all an expression of the creator with a capital C. And if that's true, when we silo out, oh no, quantum biology over here and oh no, um, you know, chemical biology over here, physiology over here, like that's, that's creating separation. 
So we can, we can, we can understand at least from the level of, of consciousness and creation that everything is integrated and, and whole and complete within, within the context of where, what we experience here on the planet. Like everything is as it should be from my perspective. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And science is just catching up. It's not right. Just creating the laws. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so much I could talk about this beautiful book. If you haven't read it and it's been around for a little while, it's Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic. Have you read that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. She, she talks a little oh. bit about ideas being entities and, and how they, how they get spread around. And then my boyfriend, Roger, he is in his sixties now, and he has a knee issue that he's had for a while. And he went to the doctor and he's like, let's do something about this. And the doctor's like, Oh, take some Tylenol. <laughs> he's like, what? He's like, yeah, until you need a knee replacement. He's like, but wait a minute. What about PRP? What about stem cells? What about like other, <laughs> other options? And the doctor's like, yeah, but that's not in our system. And Roger's like, well, how long is it going to be? My insurance is really expensive. I'd like to use it. He's like, it'll be 20 years before that stuff filters into us. 20. Yes. Yes. That was the, that was the number I got back. Cause I was asking, I asked a lot of doctors how long they thought till this would be like, say mentioned in the medical textbook. And they were all like at least 20 years, at least 20 years. And that's yes. just insane. Why yes. who wants to wait 20 years to do something about their healthcare today? Yes. Oh my gosh. Nobody, hopefully. Yeah. And so then you have to pay insurance, but then you have to go outside of the system to do, to do any kind of preventative proactive treatment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now I'm thinking that you have some tips for people to where they can navigate the traditional healthcare system with these alternative approaches. What do you, what do you have around that? Yeah. So I, you have spent like a lot of time in many, many different iterations. Um, and I think, you know, I think people want to find like that one, that one person that's going to solve all their problems or whatever. And I have really found that it, you know, it takes a village. It takes a village of healthcare providers. (laughs) Um, and one person might be just the person we need at a certain point and they get us, you know, they move us along and then there's some of this we're like, oh, now I need this other, you know, and now I need to work with someone else on this other thing. So I think first of all, it's, it's important to, to not put all of that pressure on one person. And at the same time, if you do, when you do hire someone commit and like do follow through on their suggestions and recommendations, um, and see where it takes you. And I think just from a, from a cost perspective, you know, definitely everyone needs to have a primary care physician of some kind. Um, and if you have, you know, for me, I'm like, is the issue, if I need a doctor, I'm like, is the issue that I'm experiencing something that I think will need to require a prescription. And in that case, you know, I will make a trip to, I mean, I don't anymore. I now have a concierge doctor, but up until recently, I would be like, okay, (laughs) I would go, you know, to my doctor in the system, you know, in the website of my health insurance, you may choose one of these people. So I would choose one of those people, but I would be extremely intentional about how, I think it's important to be extremely intentional about how you utilize each person's service. So if you're going to a traditional doctor and that's what they are, like your, your boyfriend's knee doctor, right? Like definitely, I think it's important to go see what they have to say, but they're not, you know, and if there is a 
some kind of medication that will definitely help. Like, you know, that's your choice, whatever. Um, take it, don't take it up to you. But definitely, I think that's always a good place to start. Uh, and then just remember that, yeah, it needs, there will probably be a well-rounded team of people over the course of years. And that that's part of our budget. It's part of our research. It's part of just how we have to live our lives these days is that we are going to need to tap into the wisdom of different practitioners um, who are going to be able to get us through different, through different phases of our life. And we don't need to like put all our eggs in one basket and throw it all out. And then I believe it's really important to have at least one person in your life who understands about the light, even if it's, even if it's your fitness trainer, right? Like just somebody, a health coach, just somebody who understands because, um, it makes a really huge difference because there are you know, these lifestyle changes are simple, but, you know, as you said earlier, like it's some tough habits to break. So to have somebody who can support that and really, really gets why you're doing it. It's really important. Yeah, I agree. I agree fully. Like it can be anybody you just have somebody who's there to, to cheer you on and hold your hand and maybe give you some advice if you need it or <laughs> point yeah. you in another direction when you have a feel like you have that blindfold on and don't know how to take it off. Like that happens to the best of us. God knows I have plenty of coaches and therapists and yep. <laughs> teachers and you know, like all of it. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Awesome. So, um, you know, I guess really just to kind of summarize this up, there's you know, obviously the light thing we talked about is, are there any other tips that you would recommend for people um, besides going out in the morning and getting off technology before bed? Yeah. So I think, I think like in its simplest form, what, you know, what we want to do is like reduce toxic light and increase healthy light, Mm. right? Like it's a very simple formula. So increasing healthy light is most easily done by going outside even if it's cloudy, even if it's raining, even if it's like whatever, the more time we spend outside during the day, the healthier we're going to be and the better we're going to sleep. And so I've got like, I'm kind of at a point where I like, I'm like, if I have something to do, I'm like, is there a way I can do this outside? Right. Like, like if I have a phone call, I can walk around outside while I'm on the phone or something like, like just any, every minute outside matters. Um, light coming through the window doesn't count. The window has to be open. So it's like, the first thing is, can I be outside if it's like really cold or you're on your computer and you can't do it? Then the second thing is, can I open a window? Um, even a cracked window helps. Um, and if the sun's coming through it and even in the winter, it's, unless it's really windy, it's, it can actually not be that cold. Um, but maximizing time outside during the day. Um, and then minimizing the toxic light at night. So as the, as it starts to get darker, our, the lights in our house should get darker. So right now I have all the bright ceiling LEDs on, but I'll, you know, in a couple hours, I'll turn those off and turn on our lamps, which have an incandescent light. And then before bed, I'll have only red light bulbs um, or I'll wear blue blockers. Uh, one thing I would say about blue blockers, cause it can get confusing is you actually don't want to wear them during the day. Mm, good point. They will make you sleepy. (laughs) There's some yellow tinted ones that can be helpful if you're in a really harshly lit environment during the day that can soften the light a little bit. Um, And then those really, really orangey ones, uh, you want to, you want to keep those for the last sort of three hours before bed. 
Yeah. Um, and then do you we know are about- meant to have blue light in our system during the day. It's part of, it is part of the sun spectrum during the day that there is blue light, especially like around midday, but it's balanced out by all of the red light, which when you're looking at computer, it's not, it's just like pure blue light, blue light with nothing balanced out. Beautiful, beautiful. And then do you have recommendations on like quality? Cause I know for me, when I first heard about the blue blogger glasses, I went on Amazon and bought some <laughs> and they hurt my head. Like I got a headache every time I, and then of course we found other, other brands that we use and we're happy with, but what do you, how do you feel about that? Uh, I definitely think quality matters. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the most, the most important and obvious thing is the color of the lenses. So if there's a lot of marketing things happening right now where people are like, look at these blue blocking glasses and like the lenses are clear or they're very, very light yellow. And it's like, those are not really blocking blue light. So you can buy like $10 UVX um, goggles. <laughs> yeah. uh, and because they're dark orange, they will still really help. Um, the, the high quality ones like raw optics or Viva rays is great. Um, there's, there's a, there's a lot of good ones. Um, they're, they are quite expensive, but I, they're worth it. Um, because the way that they're manufactured, the, the cheaper ones, they like just make a lens and they kind of dip it in a, in something that coats the lens and stops the blue light. Now, if that coating gets scratched, the light is getting through and the glasses are no longer performing their function. So the more expensive ones are manufactured where the glass is actually orange. So even if they get a little bit scratched or dinged up, they're still functioning in the way that you want them to. That's really great. We have like a bunch of cheap UVX in a basket and then we each have a pair of more expensive ones that we try to take better care of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) nice, nice, awesome. Well, before we close, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Um, yeah, well, it's, thank you for, for having me. And I'm just, you know, I think if you're a person who, who listens to this podcast, like you're on a really important path and your choices really matter and every little choice you make matters and being on this path matters. (laughs) Um, and I think sometimes, you know, we like get sort of like caught up in the, in the beauty of life or just day-to-day stuff. Um, and we think like, oh, whatever, I'm just listening to podcasts or I'm just doing this, but it's really important. And your choices are going to affect you and your family and, you know, your friends as I think, as we age, as women, people are going to see how we're doing, how we're doing. And if we're someone who can maintain our, our health and our vitality and our sanity, um, that's having a ripple effect far beyond, uh, what we know. Yeah. I, I so agree with you. You know, I was listening to Karen and Krishnan. He's a, he's the, the guy from microbiome labs. And I got to see him live uh, last week. And one of the things he said was, how did he put it? I'm probably going to butcher this all up, but basically it was like the mood disorders that we have today, the depression, the anxiety, all the things are in 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now are what turn into things like Alzheimer's. So it is so, so vital 
what you do today. And if you can go outside and get some sunlight and put your feet in the dirt and breathe some fresh air, go do that because you may be changing the outcome of your, the trajectory of who you be in the future, besides just feeling better about yourself today. But it's like, really, what are we, what are we setting ourselves up for in the future because of our, our choices from today? Yeah, absolutely. Powerful. It's beautiful, Brandy. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on our show and could you let people know where to find you and about quantum health TV and all that good stuff and sure. anything else you want to share or offer? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we're on Instagram at quantum health TV. Um, and likely when this airs, we are actually launching, um, a practitioner directory, which is just free to the public. It'll be and that website. will have, um, some videos that explain a little bit about what I've been talking about. And then you can look up practitioners in your area or online from, you know, fitness people to, to MDs, to health coaches, all the things. Um, and that will be quantumbiologycollective.org. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I'll be talking to you about that. Yes. So we'd love to have you in there. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. And then, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to go and see more of the stuff on quantum health TV. I, I've actually seen it in my searches come up and haven't, I just, I mean, there's so much content. I just haven't like really dug in at all, but I'm definitely going to, now that I've met you, I'm like, Oh my God, this girl's into good stuff. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I will, I will have, um, my assistant send you logins. Don't do not, do not pay for a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so we will, yes, we will, we will get you. Uh, yeah, she'll send you all the stuff. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you for that. That's so sweet. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. So, oh. We're, we started doing lots of live things and like book clubs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, great. Great. Well, I look forward to see where this all goes and being in communication yeah. with you further and spreading the word of all this quantum goodness to the people who need it most. Such a powerful story, right? Oh, I so hope that this landed for you and touched your heart and you have direction of a new way, a different approach to address your relationship with food and your own body. I also want to remind you that Addressing your subconscious programming and patterns that keep you stuck may also be another adjunctive way to care for yourself so that you don't have to struggle so hard as you begin to change your eating style. I am here for you. I am offering you right now, mention this show and you're going to get a complimentary consultation or click the link below virtual or in person and you're going to find out if you have some subconscious programming that may be in the way of you achieving your dreams in with yourself, with your relationship with food and with your body. All right, mama, I'm here for you and I can't wait to see you. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. 
This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.